So that is the pattern that God is showing me that is going to revolutionize the church and the world. Love God. Give him your whole heart. As a result, you will gain hope. Let your hope fill you up. And let that hope overflow into the natural realm, which is faith. So, I know a lot of you are disappointed and you're wondering, man, that's your revelation. Yes, it is. But I have seen it through the heavenly perspective. I have seen Jesus being able to bring his church together in unity. And I have seen his church find the ability to pour out the glory of God on the earth just by this pattern. So the pattern is give your heart to God, give your whole heart, believe in him, give him your heart. Any part of your heart that you're not giving to God, you're saying that part of my heart, that part of my life is more important than you. It's more valuable than you. Give your whole heart to God. Just receive his love and then love him back. As a result, God will begin to give you vision. You will begin to see things that are unseen. This is hope. Once that hope begins to fill you, the things that are unseen become more real than the things that are seen. And once that hope is so full in you that it begins to overflow, it begins to break into the natural realm and it begins to impact the earth. So let me go through some more verses. Romans 8, 24 says we are saved. <clears throat> that word saved means we are delivered, we are protected, we are healed, and we are preserved by hope. So hope might seem kind of insignificant, like it's, it's just something wedged between faith and love. Because a lot of people say, oh Lord, increase my faith. A lot of people preach about um, just experience more of the love of God. Very few people talk about hope. Very few people are asking the Lord, give me more hope. But again, according to Romans 8, 24, it says we are saved by hope. We are delivered by hope. We are protected by hope. It is hope that heals us. It is hope that preserves us. How are we saved by hope? Because I see from the heavenly perspective, the salvation of God. I see from the heavenly perspective, the deliverance of God. I see from the heavenly perspective, the protection of God, the healing of God, that I am preserved by God. And all this is hope. Romans 15, 13 says, it's the God of hope that fills us with all joy and peace in believing. So again, believing means giving him our whole heart. So it's interesting, Romans 15, 13 says, it is the God of hope. So the Holy Spirit told Paul, I specifically want you to write this attribute about the Father. It's the God of hope. So I always tell people, whatever attribute of God that he's revealing about himself, worship that attribute, worship that attribute in him, that part of him. 
And as you begin to worship that attribute, that attribute will increase more and more and you'll begin to get revelation of that attribute. You'll begin to see how it's a part of who God is and how it affects your life. So he says, it's the God of hope. And as you worship the God of hope, the God of hope begins to fill you with all joy and peace. So if you need joy, if you're lacking joy, it's because your hope is lacking because it's the God of hope that gives us joy. And why do I need joy? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we're seeing that the church has been weakened by a lack of hope. But when we begin to worship the God of hope, we begin to increase in our joy again and the church begins to be strengthened. See the power of this? So it's also the God of hope that fills us with peace. What is peace? Peace doesn't mean we're in a time where there's no war, where there's no arguments, where there's no division, there's no discourse. True peace is only when I see Jesus. In order for me to be at peace with God, I just have to see his son. I just have to break through everything going on in my life, my thoughts, my emotions. I just have to see Jesus and now I'm at peace. So how am I at peace with those around me, the people around me, when they begin to see Jesus? So every conflict is a result of ungodly character. Well, ungodly character is a result of not seeing Jesus. When we see Jesus with our spiritual eyes, then we begin to gain his character. How do I know that every conflict is a result of ungodly character? Because the Trinity is in perfect union. It's in, it's in perfect union and God expects that same level of unity among his body. But if there are people in the body of Christ that are not getting in God's presence and with their spiritual eyes, their spiritual hearts, their spiritual minds, perceiving who Jesus is, they're not at peace with God. And if they're not at peace with God, they cannot be at peace with me. So it is the God of hope that fills us with all joy and peace. And, and the foundation for this is love. It's in believing. Believing is giving him our whole heart. This is Romans 15, 13. So this releases the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us excess hope. Excess hope is called faith. So friend, if you're wanting to increase your faith, the key to doing that is to increase your hope. How do, you, how do I increase my hope? I increase my acceptance of the love of God towards me and I increase in my loving him back. 1 Corinthians 9.10 says, Those who plow do so in hope. Why do we not have people that are more given to the gospel? Why do we not have people that are more given to their relationship with Christ? We all know that God loves us. We know what God did for us. We know the gift of God that has come through his son 
taking on flesh and suffering as he did. If we know this, then why isn't the church walking in more fervency, in more love, in more commitment, in more dedication? Because we can only plow in hope. The church has lost its hope. How do we get hope back in the church? We get the love of God in our midst. Now, here's a secret about love. In order to receive the love of God, you just have to rest and believe in who he says that he is. And here's, here's something about it. You cannot separate love from God. Love is not an attribute of God. Love is God. So we have replaced the presence of God with our carnal desires, with our hobbies, with our obligations and our busyness. In the church, we have replaced the presence of God with our order, with our step-by-step -step programs that we have in the church. We have replaced the presence of God and built our own house. And what we have done when we've replaced his presence with these, these lesser things, when we ask God to leave the building, we ha he has left, and when he left, he took love with him. So there has to be love within us in order for there to be hope. Show me a person that has no hope, and I will show you a person that doesn't know how much God loves them. So those who plow, they do so in hope because they can already see. When a man's plowing his garden in the spring, he can already taste that sweet corn in the summer. He can already taste those juicy tomatoes. He can already taste the harvest of what he's plowing for. He's already getting filled with hope. Colossians 1.5 says, Our hope is in heaven. Why has the church lost its hope? Because the scripture says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. The church has been convinced that we don't have a place of rest, a place to sit in heavenly places with Christ. And therefore, we are not with our spirit man, our spirit eye, experiencing heaven. And yet this is where our hope is. Colossians 1, 22 and 23 says, If we are not moved from the hope of the gospel, so the gospel gives us vision. If we are not moved from the hope of the gospel, then we can be presented to God as holy, without blame or accusation. So it's the gospel that comes alive as we allow God's love to fill us and as a result, we begin to dream. We begin to see things in the spirit realm. We begin to see who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing and what he wants to do in our lives. The gospel comes alive and it brings hope within us. Without that hope, we cannot be presented to God as holy or without blame or accusation. So we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We better be full of hope. <laughs> or we won't be found holy and without blame. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3 says, One way I know I have hope is I have patience. So a lot of people, I, I hear them say, Oh, I'm just praying that God will give me patience. The number one ingredient of patience is hope. 
people who are hoping in God. They're not running to and fro. They're not rushing God. They're not in a hurry. They, they are seeing what God is doing and they know that everything is right on time and they are patient. So one way I know I have hope is because I have patience, because hope is the number one ingredient of patience. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 says, The spiritual helmet that we wear is the hope of salvation. So the hope of salvation, again, salvation isn't just being born again. It's being protected, it's being delivered, it's being healed, it's being preserved by God. The hope of this is a helmet that I, I wear in the spirit realm. Why do I need a helmet in the spirit realm? So that my mind will stop allowing the enemy to create images within my mind that are contrary to God's salvation for me, his deliverance, his healing, his preservation, and so on. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 says, Jesus is our hope. What is hope? It's a heavenly perspective. Start seeing Jesus from the heavenly perspective. Begin worshiping him as, as the people in heaven would see him. They're not seeing him with all the interest in the cares of this world. They're seeing him with the, the purity of the atmosphere of heaven. And because they see him in that way, they can't help but just stop everything they're doing when he walks by and just worshiping him. This should be the same way on the earth. The church should have a heavenly perspective of Jesus and his promises without any filters of this world so that we see Jesus with our spiritual eyes. He is our hope. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says we have the hope of eternal life. One of the reasons fear has gripped us so great is because we think at any moment I can just drop dead. At any moment my life is over. At any moment the people around me, someone can, can die and pass away. Friend, this is no way to live. And yet in the last couple years, this is what uh, the atmosphere around us has been created for, to create a culture of fear a culture of death, a culture of the unknown. And it has caused the world to shake and it has caused the foundations of the church to shake. Why? Because the church is not grounded and founded on the rock of our salvation. We have the hope of eternal life, which means I'm not living in fear of the day-to-day -day attack of the enemy. Uh, a couple more verses. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6 says, We are the house of Christ if we have hope. Uh, so you can go back and read this. I'm paraphrasing a lot of this. Um, we are the house of Christ only if we have hope. Christ has a place to live. He has a house to live in and we are that house. But we are only that house if we have hope. This is where Jesus dwells. And then last, Hebrews 6, verse 19 says, Hope is an anchor for the soul. It is sure, it is secure, it is steadfast, and it enters through the veil. Without this hope, we have no anchor for our soul. So it's kind of like a ship um, preparing itself for a hurricane that's coming in. Um, 
Sometimes those ships go out to sea and they weather the storm. Sometimes they move into a bay where the uh, wind is lessened by trees, but they always drop anchor. And the wind might still move them, but that anchor will drag the bottom of, of, the, of the bay and it'll keep them from being thrown miles uh, off course. So they drop anchor and that way the winds of those storms don't have as much effect as it does on a boat that's not anchored. Hope is our anchor. Without hope, the winds and storms of this world are tossing us to and fro. We are just being driven by every wind of doctrine released by the false prophets on the earth because we don't have hope. But when we do have hope, we have an anchor for our soul, for our emotions, for our thoughts. We are secured. We are steadfast. What does steadfast mean? It means that you get a rhythm and you just keep walking. God's got a path prepared for us, and that path is leading to salvation. That path is leading to the throne of God. And if we have hope, we can get that rhythm, and we can just walk step after step no matter what happens. And hope, it says, enters through the veil. I meet a lot of people now that seem to have no clue what I'm talking about when I say get into the presence of God. Well, I just, I have trouble getting in the presence of God. I hear so many people saying that now. Friend, you've lost your hope. Because hope is what enters through the veil. Hope is what pushes you, draws you, that splits that veil and allows you in. So again, I want to emphasize this. Where do I find hope? It's in receiving the love of God. So friend, whatever you've got going on in your life, if you are in, in condemnation, you're, you're, you're feeling blame and shame and guilt on your life, just repent to God. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to wash you and, and convince yourself that God is faithful to forgive. He is just and He will forgive you if you humble yourself and ask Him to. Then you don't have to live in that shame. And now you can receive the love of the Father. Well, how do I receive the love of the Father? Just rest. Just relax. Just let His love be poured into you. Just become aware of His presence. And He will begin to fill you with His love. Because His love is His presence. Once that love comes to you, you'll know you're receiving it. Because you begin to see in the realm of the spirit you begin to see things that are unseen you begin to gain hope and again once this hope fills you up the things in the unseen realm are more real to you than what is in the natural realm then that hope spills over and as soon as it crosses the brim of your soul it becomes faith and faith begins to pour out of you so it's kind of like when Peter would walk down the road and his shadow was healing people. How did he do that? Because he first received the love of the Father, which then filled him with hope till it was so real that it overflowed. Those people that got healed by his shadow, they were experiencing the results of Peter receiving the love of the Father. So friends, this is the key. I know to some of you it might not sound like much. You've heard this before. Yeah, faith, hope, and love. 
Let he who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. I love you, friend. Thanks for tuning in.